Support for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Tumblr. ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. And Gmail. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And from listeners like you. Thank you. And my free time. Got to get that in there. Will, I've messed up. What's that? I'm back from vacation, and I've made a huge error. I've caused a massive goof. I was listening to our top five special spectacular on the airplane. Uh Uh-oh. I didn't mention Kevin Durant when I was talking about my top five at the NBA. Oh, no! Bump John Wall from the list. I love John Wall, but how could I forget KD? That's that's a that's a basketball player I know. So I, I know like, that's how you know it's bad. I could have I could have I could have directed could have directed you there. Oh, jeez, like I could have I could have really been a, a, finally been a help to you because I mean I tried to name a football player yesterday and I oh, had, no. I, had like... to look, I know I had to look up which Russell that I was thinking of. Ooh, and... yeah, because I, I I made that mistake this morning. I was trying to talk about Russell Wilson and I accidentally talked about Russell Westbrook because I'm often thinking about West- and Russell there, Westbrook. And isn't there a Russell Williams too or am I or am I just oh, conflating? Geez. See, now football, that's how you make me look ridiculous. Hmm. What, this is how you know, this is about how much I know about football is when you said name a football player, the first name in my mind was Bo Jackson. <laughs> Because of Tech Mobile. Bo knows. Yeah, Bo knows for the, sure. The Wayne Gretzky's so, uh, all pro stars. We, we all we all have a blind spot like that. I wouldn't expect you to know a cavalcade of basketball players. Well, no matter what your sports knowledge, Lucas, it's good to have you back here on Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast. After a little bit of a break in our regular episode schedule, we're back. And thank you for joining us. My name's Will Young, and back from Vancouver is uh, Lucas Mancini. What is the what's the area code over in Vancouver? Oh, I have no idea. No, I have no sweet clue. I, well, I just figured that you'd know since you know you're the type to refer to Toronto as the six That's as you true. did in, as you did in several tweets. <laughs> Listen, once Vancouver has a famous rapper that comes from there and talks about the area code all the time, Fair then I will then I will know its area code. So, so you went to Vancouver, and did you also and you also said that you wanted to get to Seattle. That's right. We I went to Seattle as well. Uh, uh, shout out to Seattle. Shout out to the Museum of Pop Culture. They had a horror movie exhibit oh, you would have loved. Yes. I got to see a gremlin in real life, a mogwai to be more specific. I was looking I was looking at your Insta. Yeah, and I that's was right. very Check very, it. was very very jealous. The so, brand is strong. Check <laughs> the gram. So, how was your trip all in all? Oh, it was your awesome. It was awesome. Yeah? Uh, absolutely. I, I got really, you know, Vancouver and Seattle, they're famous for their overcast, rainy days. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky in terms of the weather, and so it was it was a very fun time. Great. I'm glad I'm glad that you had a good time. You and though were... I saw some real-life bears, I didn't get to see my favorite animated animal creatures, the Arthur gang, and mm. so I'm glad to be back. That's right. One more mention about your, your trip. You got to play some Japanese arcade games, That's and I was true. really jealous that you got to play Boonga Boonga. Uh, yeah, uh, Taiko Drum Master, Boonga Boonga, whatever you want to call it. I, I still have that Snapchat story saved. I have to show you some videos of oh, some, totally. some Japanese kids doing things on DDR that I had never seen someone do before. Oh, that DDR tech? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, while you were- it, It's almost as if their feet do not touch the ground. Oh, I bet. They must look like a blur. Must <laughs> oh, look like- uh, uh, must Quite look literally. Like, must look like the, the Naruto. 
Yeah, exactly. I wanted that to be more clever, but all I could think of was duh. Or Naruto. it's like it's like when uh, Sonic the Hedgehog's feet are moving so fast, it just <laughs> looks like an infinity sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, while you were over in Vancouver, I was in my apartment and I finished. <laughs> Ooh, fun! I finished two video games while you were gone. Nice. Uh, Near Automata and Night in the Woods. Nice. So those were both pr- at least pretty good. Night would... Night in the Woods, I would say, is like that's. It's kind of Arthur related. They're yeah, bipedal animals. That's right. I would heartily recommend Night in the Woods to anybody of our similar age group. And Near Automata, if you're into that kind of anime silliness, then yeah, sure. Uh, and yeah, so we've got a little bit of a game ourselves to be seeing too. We had our, we announced a contest last week on our uh, top five episode uh, Arthur season one episodes episode. Sorry if that's a little confusing. And we did get a few entries, and we will be announcing our contest winner at the end of the episode. Ooh, you're killing me with this suspense. That's right. Thank you to everybody who sent in your entries. Uh, We will get to that at the end of the episode. But let's start off with today's Arthur stories. The first one, well, immediately raises your... uh, Eyebrows, yeah. Yeah, it's Arthur's underwear. And hey, I know that you're usually the one to point out when things are relevant. This is coming right on hot on the heels of the new Captain Underpants movie. Oh my goodness, the synergy is off the charts. That's right. I hear that movie's all right. I bet it is. I bet I it is. I hear that movie's totally okay. I, You know what? Captain Underpants is totally okay. Oh, I would say more so. <laughs> Listen. It's been a while. It's funny. You could read those books in like 15 minutes, which is kind of crazy, <laughs> but uh, I have fond memories. Well, Did you see on Dave Pilkey's Instagram, he was like, read the manga before you watch the anime, and he like posted one of his like newer books. <laughs> still still making those, is he? I guess so. Shout out to Dave Pilkey. Good man. Uh, so Arthur's underwear, starting off with, appropriately, Arthur recounting some embarrassing moments uh, from his bed. Uh, so there's a couple of ones that Arthur offers up himself. The first one is when he was in a school play concerning, uh, let's, I think it was probably like the food. The food pyramid. Food yeah. pyramid, yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, the Clone High episode with Marilyn Ooh, Manson. I, I don't think I've seen that Clone High oh, episode. Oh, it's so good. I know, I know. Marilyn Clone Manson's like the best. original song about the food pyramid. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll have to look that up. It's the food pyramid and it's approved by the USDA (laughs) Uh, yeah check it out Uh, so Arthur is the banana in all things he's following Buster who is broccoli pretty good broccoli costume that's right Uh, Buster, Buster channeling his inner Mark Coleman that's a reference for all you MMA fans out there. <laughs> Whoosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you want to talk about basketball? I don't know. MMA, I'm not too much better yeah. with. But Arthur is the banana, and he trips over his lines. Like, uh, I'm, uh, what, what was it? Like, I'm something. He goes, I'm. I'm, I'm protein I'm from pro- the banana group. I'm protein from the banana group. And then he says something. That, I could see how someone could mix those two up as someone who misspeaks all the time. But then he goes on to say he's like a part of the chicken family or something. Yeah, his brain is just misfiring at this point. Yeah, he's really... All the switches are are going to red, (laughs) and we are into lockdown here. Uh, So that was pretty embarrassing. Then there was a time where... Now, this was interesting I think this one's the most embarrassing. Of the three scenarios he offers up, or two, I don't even remember, this was the one that stuck out as like... I would be the most embarrassed at this one. Um, I might disagree, but it, anyway, it is uh, Arthur once purported that he could play the Rachmaninoff Prelude blindfolded, which is a very complicated <laughs> piano piece. I'll just put a little bit here so you can kind of get an idea. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, no way. Uh, no way is Arthur playing the Rachmaninoff prelude blindfolded, which is funny, actually, now that I think about it, because this was one, this was a uh, Arthur uh, writing out ch- checks from his mouth that his butt can't, his fingers can't cash. For once, Buster is not his worst hype man. Arthur is not a very good hype man either. This actually happened to me when I was in like grade one or something. I uh, We were in music class. I was like, does anybody know any songs on the piano? And I was like, oh yeah, I could play the Hockey Night in Canada theme on the piano. I, I, I don't know why to this day. <laughs> I just remember lying. I lied and they called me on the bluff and it was very embarrassing. <laughs> nice. So, uh, well, there, and hit there, close to home. Well, there you go. Don't Again, don't write checks with your mouth that your butt can't cash. And then finally, uh, Arthur was very embarrassed taking DW to a scout meeting, which was it's definitely the mildest of the three. It's, That's true. This is like barely embarrassing. Yeah, it's like Arthur trying to tie a knot and the DW just like, maybe you should ask for help. You don't seem to be doing it right. He like ties it and she just, like he ties a knot and she ties it like better. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, that one looks wrong. Which is kind of a... A uh, little bit of a little bit of a theme. How and, embarrassing! Then finally, uh, the most Im- he says the most embarrassing thing that happened to me didn't happen to me. It was just a dream, and I'm like, great setup, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Nothing happened. All right, let's go home. But no, we've got a whole episode to get. God, to. what a what a setup though. Like, Arthur can't even hype his own episodes. Well, it's it's just weird. It's like a weird thing to say, mm-hmm. and. I thought I knew where this episode was going. I don't not to give myself away too much here, but this episode goes some places. <laughs> oh boy, does it's a weird episode of the Arthur television show one, for children. One named Arthur's underwear certainly would have to. I I guess I jokes on me for expecting Arthur's underwear to be our typical educational fare. Yeah, but this was. Uh, I, uh, Let's get into it. Let's do it. So the episode starts with everybody in Ratburn's class. Binky is at the blackboard doing a uh, classic multiplication problem, carrying numbers and all that good stuff. He drops some chalk after celebrating, and then his pants rip open uh, right in half at the back. So everybody gets to see his polka dot underwear, and it's the funniest thing that happened. Will, Uh, have you ever ripped your pants in a public place? No, not in that manner, but... I'm only in the crotch where you can, like, hide it, yeah. That's the thing, is that when I was in junior high and high school, I was super, super anxious about ripping it in the crotch, because, of course, that is very embarrassing if people see it. Now, granted, most people don't, because most people aren't, you know, making eyeballs at your crotch. Unless they're doing that thing where they put the circle there, and you're like, hey, man, look at this, (laughs) and then you punch them. But I've, rough. But, that's but, rough stuff. But I would get home and see the hole, and I would be like, "Oh no!" So uh, yeah, it was definitely a, it's definitely a an, an anxiety of mine that continues to this day. But definitely nothing to the where Binky has done it. Mister Ratburn hands him his coat. He kind of side sidesteps out of the like does a real slow hammer step out of the out of the classroom. Now Arthur thinks this is the funniest thing in the world, and he milks this joke oh, all man. day long like it's an all day sucker. Is this a brand? Brand new Arthur laugh. Usually they reuse like when Arthur screams. These are or de- when he coughs or he's munching. These are definitely like recorded specifically for this because they almost sound uncharacteristic. It's a weird cackle. Like it's different than usually when people laugh in Arthur, they're like it's a very exaggerated like ha ha ha. Like they say h a h a h a. This is like. Like Arthur 
it's it's more came na- out of Wicked or something. Well, like, it's, he's it's, like, it's a bit more natural. It's it's just like I I kind of tend to laugh like this when I'm thinking of something, just like, <laughs> or just, like. But but there is like a snideness to it. He's like. <laughs> I don't. I didn't find that. I think it's just more like they're trying to get him to be a bit more natural and just continually being seized by how hilarious Binky splitting his pants is, and like mm. really, he's laughing about this from morning to night. Maybe I interpreted it as thus at that as that because it's at Binky's expense. Maybe. So it's like, it's kind of the darker side your, of yours, Arthur's sense of humor. Yours kind of sounds a bit more like Seth Rollins' laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's not quite that. So Arthur goes to sleep that night, still laughing about it, but he has a nightmare. Uh, so he has to rush out because he is late for school. It's 8.38 on the clock. He has to get there for nine. Uh, so quickly, in fact, that he is combing his hair even though there's nothing there. Like, he goes in the bathroom, he's brushing his teeth and combing his hair. Oh, I didn't I'm like, even notice that. There's nothing to do there, buddy. And anyways, he's running, he runs at the door, and we conveniently have a shot where we only see him from about belt upwards. So I, I wonder what this could be leading to. Yeah, I, I knew from the jump that, like, this episode was going to do this. There's going to be a part where it's like, oh, Arthur ripped his pants too. Yeah. Like, you could see this one a mile away. For sure. And, like, Arthur's speeding away. Like, he's running at top speed. He goes by a police officer who has, like, a whistle, uh, like, <laughs> on a lanyard. And he just blows the whistle at him. But Arthur, you know, F the cops and away he goes. And then uh, he gets to Mr. Ratburn's class and then, you know, pan down and he's in his tidy whities as we all wore when we, we were We get to that see age. like a lot of different pairs of underwear in this episode, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. Yeah. This is certainly the most comical shot of like all the shots of, oh no, Arthur was in his underwear all along. That's like right. I feel like this is the most embarrassing underwear to get caught in. Later on, yes. not spoiler warning, later on we catch Arthur in his boxers. I feel like that's no big deal, especially the comically big boxers Arthur's wearing. They're For like sure. swim trunks. The tidy whities on the other hand, that's leaves nothing to the imagination. It's true. It's it's that's something that people will not forget anytime soon. No. So Arthur wakes up screaming. In fact, <laughs> in fact, we even get we even get like another comical cartoon sound effect. It's that classic Cold sweat. Yeah, it's that it's that classic. Like he shakes himself awake and just goes yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so the next day in class, uh, Arthur's stressing out a little bit about it and kind of talking to Buster, and they are going to be watching a film about microscopic life forms. Now they're a little. Little maybe just a tiny bit too excited. I now granted, watching a movie in class is awesome. Yeah, I'll watch a movie about grass growing in class, man. In elementary school, yes, I'll 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 watch a movie about the cows coming home. I'm just thinking about the slideshow they were watching a couple of episodes ago, and they were all like falling asleep, and I'm Mm. like, this isn't really going to do much else for you guys. Well, speaking of falling asleep, (laughs) looks like Arthur's got like narcolepsy in this episode. (laughs) It's true. Like I've never seen Arthur fall asleep in more public places. I guess the conceit is that point. the conceit is that he was like up all night because he was worried about his dreams, so he didn't mm-hmm. get a good sleep the first night. But like, I don't know about you. When I have a nightmare and it's like three thirty a.m., it's like back to bed, mm-hmm. more time for sleeping. For sure, uh, Arthur, it, yeah, falls asleep and imagines himself as an amoeba, which is horrifying in itself. Well, it's like a cartoon-styled amoeba that looks like Arthur. It's got the glasses, and then it's shown to be wearing jeans, and then the amoeba splits apart as they do. And he is left without his his jeans on as he is, you know, come back, come back. And then all of his other friends are different types of now, question, microscopic life forms. I don't actually remember this. Did his other friends, because they're amoebas too. Or like other uh, microscopic uh, uh, other life forms. Mi- uh, yeah. 
did they have clothes on? One of them was just like, like Francine was just a head and like everybody else was kind of like, didn't, was like less humanoid. So they weren't like wearing anything. Like, okay. Like Francine was just a head. Glass houses, man. <laughs> I guess so. If you only got a head, you can't be, you know, flaming somebody for not wearing pants. This is this is great. So like the the dream sequence ends and we come back into the real world and Arthur is at his desk quietly muttering, come back, come back. And it's like, if you remove all the context from that, it looks really sad. <laughs> like, oh my God, oh what did Arthur lose? <laughs> uh, so Buster at this point is has been kind of led in on the fact that Arthur is very anxious about this. Uh, Buster, in the cafeteria, he says that he once had a nightmare where he was being attacked by monsters who were shaped like tubes of toothpaste, and he didn't brush his teeth for a week. Again, Buster, I say it every time, but Buster's been watching too much InfoWars. He's like, they're putting fluoride in the toothpaste. I was going to say, and then Buster was- Making your IQ bad. Buster was never trustworthy of big fluoride after that. Yeah, exactly. Now, this, this really made me laugh. So, Arthur's trying to figure out, like, he's- Kind of at this point, he's afraid to go back to sleep because he didn't want to have those dreams again. And then some classic Buster logic. In fact, oh, I yeah, this is immediately drew this up. It just like I know, don't sleep. <laughs> like yeah, well no duh. Yeah, don't sleep. Can't dream if you don't sleep. Points to foreheads. Buster's like you want to draw. You want to buy some Adderall? <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> I certainly hope not. But uh, yeah, that's that's some cl- classic Buster logic for you. So Arthur decides to try that, and he manages to go pretty well that night. He stays up about what I could say uh, is so he has like a bedtime of nine o'clock, and then we kind of see him forward until twelve thirty. So for a kid his age, that's not bad. He he tried. Uh, you know, he read some comics. He paced the floor while doing uh, uh, Old MacDonald Had a Farm. And then finally he's playing with action figures. Yeah, he gives up halfway through Old MacDonald. He's like, oh, screw this. Well, he got to a gir- giraffe and, like, what noises do they make? Oh, that's true. You know, it's like he's like, and I, you know, with a, don't forget it. Like, just running out of animals at this point. So he... Falls asleep while playing with his Bionic Bunny action figures, and in his dream, Ratburn, it's Mr. Ratburn who has the kids in his class, like, in this horrific, um... It's like a cave? It's it's like the it's like the Dark World and Silent Hill version of Ratburn's class. It, it is, it is it's like a cave with a blackboard, and he's dressed up as the Bionic Bunny villain Verminator, who basically kind of looks like if David Xanatos from the from Gargoyles was the Shredder. <laughs> I, I wrote if if Shredder and Shao Kahn okay. were combined. Okay. Uh, but also his way of torturing the class is Jaws style. Yeah, he's going to put his nails the, on the chalkboard. And what I love here is that it's Ratburn's voice actor, but he's putting on a bit more of a steely, menacing voice. This is where I kind of got the David Xanatos thing from. He's kind of putting on that very measured tone of just like, Surrender, class. There is no escape. <laughs> as, as, but I love, I love yours. It's like your turtles are mine. Uh, yeah, kind of thing. And in this, uh, in it's Kevin Nash, <laughs> gonna put nails on a chalkboard. He's a super verminator. <laughs> uh, so in, the, in this dream, Arthur is Bionic Bunny, which is weird, but just don't think about it. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, he bursts into the classroom and is about to give his big. Uh, his Can we big, also his, just say this is ridiculous because Bionic <laughs> Bunny, he wears tights all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even if Bionic, like Bionic Bunny's already not wearing pants. Well, I don't think he's bare-legging it, though. He's not, but like he's still got like, 
It's like the little he's got the little speedo and then the tights underwear underneath. Yeah. I feel like if Bio Buddy was bare legged bare legging it, nobody would like look twice. <laughs> he's already kind of dressed ridiculous. Well, I, I suppose so. But all he is a robot or something, so maybe it's not that crazy. Again, not worth thinking about. Radical animal husbandry. <laughs> uh, so Arthur instructs him to get away from the blackboard, but then everybody, including the class, starts laughing at him uh, because he's got his bionic bunny boxer briefs on. Letting it all hang out there a little bit more. Boxer briefs, that's the way to go. But uh, And then he kind of covers himself with his cape and uh, wakes himself up. And then Arthur, his next idea for trying to stay awake... Uh, I think Buster gives him Buster this Buster does too. give him this idea, is that if he goes to sleep in his pants, then he won't forget them when he gets up, which is not a terrible idea. It's true, and this whole segment, like, it's pretty funny the way this plays out. So Arthur's trying to put these pants on. He's got his baby blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he's putting on his jeans in his room, and then DW kind of walks in. <laughs> I forget what she was looking for exactly. She was looking for something that was missing. Uh, it was like Nadine's doll. Yeah, or something. Which I believe is the joke is that like it doesn't it's invi- exist. It's invisible. Yeah. I see. And then uh, she's wondering why he's putting pants on at that what? hour. Arthur, and I've said this before, is incredible at coming up with lies on the top of his head. <laughs> like, even in the episode where he was fiddling with his glasses, like, they're not, like, super crazy lies. No, like, he's just got to tell for something that he, that he never uses again. Uh, for something off the top of his dome, like, this is a very convincing lie. Yeah, it's good. I I, uh, I liked it. It was, um, <laughs> it was, he was saying, I... I want I want to uh, go to bed in my pants because they're stiff and I'm trying to break them in, which kind of sounds like it works. Like that kind of like if you don't think about it too much, I'd, I'd buy that. Arthur, not a fan of the raw Japanese denim <laughs> that's stiff, that's so stiff. Like if you like set those pants up on their side, they'll just stay standing as if there's an <laughs> invisible man wearing them. I, I remember when I was when I was little, I hated wearing jeans because they were I always felt they were really cold. They got cold really easily. Oh, yeah. Neither know. you nor Arthur would be good members of Dipset. And uh, whoosh. That's two for two. What? what it's a what, rap what? collective from the of, early 2000s. You know 2000s. what? Of course it's a rap collective. Anytime you say words that I don't understand, like Migos, it's a rap group. Oh, listen, Will. Migos got a song with Katy Perry. That's on you at this the point. The only reason I know about Migos is because of you. That's ju- I'm just saying. Should be me and Donald Glover. Uh, sure. Migos uh, is for the people. It's for the children. Whatever you say, my man. Uh, <laughs> so, but then DW uh, actually thinks this is a great idea and decides to uh, sleep in her pants. In fact, she's going to try and break in some particularly <laughs> stiff boots as well. <laughs> DW is wearing those Timberlands around the house. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So she kind of takes a bit too far and Arthur realizes it's kind of ridiculous although still I don't think it's a bad idea yeah he gives he kind of gives this one up prematurely like he could have just wore his pants but yeah but he f- probably figures that too many questions will be asked <laughs> when mom tries to tuck her in she's like why you got boots on so the next day Arthur is despondent he's kind of he's actually at the laundromat with Buster for some reason and uh, he's just saying they're gonna call me names like Boxer Boy and Artie No Pants ooh you don't wanna be called Artie No Pants and there's a big threat in here and like with Arthur that every time he imagines his embarrassment it's gonna be so bad he's gonna have to change schools <laughs> like he's going to be like this is some like he's gonna be cyber bullied or he's just gonna be tormented for the rest of his days this is pre-cyber bullying he just thinks people are just gonna like like, he's going to be in class, and Mr. Rapper is going to be like, and is Artie No Pants present? 
Like, it's just going to catch on so bad that'll become his legal name, yeah. his government. It's as if he had, like, you know, one of those terrible last names that just follows you everywhere. Mm. Uh, so Buster, Arthur Wiener. Yeah, or something. Yeah, but I, I feel bad for those people. <laughs> So hey, sh- shout out to all you people. Shout with the out last to all my wieners. wieners. Shout out to all my wieners. It's not so bad. No, you could be named I don't know, like Gooch or something. Yeah, uh, that would, <laughs> that'd be pretty nuts. <laughs> you could that's be, just that's just like a crazy thing to have be your last name. I guess you could be you could be named Nuts. That, nuts could be your last name. Yeah, but then you could be like Doctor Nuts. Hey, it's me, kids. Doctor Nuts. Doctor Nuts. Sure, you could. Who Although, wants a cashew? Ugh, ew. Uh, no, thank you, Doctor Nuts. Uh, <laughs> so Buster's next idea is not something that Arthur can do, but something that he can do. And of course, Buster believes that hypnosis is going to be the. Uh, Speaking of synergy with 2017, Buster's going to put Arthur in the sunken place, get out style. <laughs> well, I wonder why he had that teacup with exactly. him. Exactly. Can't go too far. Don't want to spoil Get Out if you haven't seen it. By the way, Spoileth. by the way, see Get Out. Great movie. But yeah, he tries to hypnotize him into being not afraid of losing his pants. So what happens here now, of course, you, we said Arthur kind of has narcolepsy in this episode. This is at least induced sleep. This, sure. This is not entirely uh, him willing to fall asleep. Though we're, now we're starting to get like Mulholland Drive, like is it a dream? Is it a dream within a dream? <laughs> like this episode, as you're watching it, it makes sense. But like when you, th- when I was thinking back upon, not to get too ahead of ourselves again, when I was thinking about back upon this episode to write down like my final thoughts on it, yeah. I was like- God, what happened in this episode? <laughs> what, like, did, what really did happen? Arthur has like five dreams and then changes his mind. Like that's this episode. It's so weird. And then ha- like it, the episode in itself like feels like a dream because there's just so much random stuff coming at you so fast and furious that it really is like, I know we throw around the word Lynchian, but this is, well, I feel like when we said Lynchian before, it's been his more surrealist stuff we've yeah. been referencing. This truly is like the closest an Arthur episode has gotten to Mahal drive. Well, David Lynch, like, Arthur's got the blue box. What does it mean? Yeah, David Lynch, a real big proponent of dream logic and just <laughs> things feeling like a dream. You know, you're not wrong. That's a great way of looking at it. Silencio. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Arthur, uh, we think it's real, first off. Like, they do a little bit of a, like, revolving cut into Arthur apparently waking up and not having had the dream. But Arthur, like, he's so happy that he jumps for joy and somehow jumps out of his pants, in, again, with the tidy whities and in broad daylight. And then, But even Arthur's just like, hey, how did I do that? <laughs> but then, of course, it's because it is a dream and his pants come to life. That's right. And it, what it, it's they're standing up like those Japanese jeans you were That's talking right. about. That's right. The Arthur had the raw denim. It was a little too fresh for his own good. <laughs> I think Buster even makes that joke like maybe your mom's been using too much starch. Exactly. And, well, I guess they need more fabric softener. So it's a pair of jeans standing up. There's like eyeballs where the top of the pockets are and it has the teeth where the zipper is. Yeah, it's very brave little toaster it's, looking. It's very... I don't like where those uh, teeth. I don't like where I those teeth it. are. That's, that's all I'm mean. saying. That's all I'm saying. That was my first thing of like, oh my, oh man, harkening it, back to the film teeth. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of as well. But although, hey kids, don't watch. I was just gonna say, don't watch all teeth. you, all you millions of underage listeners out there. Maybe don't don't Google the movie Teeth well, or do I don't know. Live yeah, your life. Well, you're kinda, find your truth. You're already <laughs> find your truth. Uh, yeah. So Arthur. 
is definitely dreaming because, of course, sentient pants are not really attacking him. He's kind of, he's like he's kind of like twitching in his chair, kind of like he's like Shinsuke Nakamura feeling <laughs> out his dream, just like ah, they're trying to eat me. <laughs> oh my god! Like goodness. screaming this, he's having some real night terrors. And then Buster, I wakes. mean, wouldn't you though? Sure, that that sounds maximum pr- overdrive, but with pants. <laughs> That's not a world I want to live in. Emilio Estevez like just has a rocket <laughs> has a rocket launcher and he just shoots it at pants, <laughs> pants that have the green goblin face for some reason. Now that I think about it, I kind of want to watch Maximum Overdrive, but with pants. Everybody's walking around. I, you know what? Never mind. That's just kill a kill. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so Arthur asks Buster to keep the secret no matter what because he's very embarrassed at this point and he doesn't know when this is going to happen. And then Buster says, Buster goes down so far in my mind after this episode. Like this really is. Is like this some. This is okay. Uh, kids, so, cover your ears. This is Buster as his most bad behavior. Like, <laughs> oh, Buster's acting a fool in this episode. Yeah, definitely. And I, I and of course, I counted because Buster says, "Your secret safe with me." Cross my heart and hope to die. Ten seconds of the episode later, or the next day in Arthur time. Arthur sits down in the cafeteria. Muffy and Francine are kind of giggling in his presence, and then Francine says, "Hey, Arthur, did you remember your pants?" And like, Buster, why are you so messy? Why are you so messy, Buster? He snitched like immediately. He did, and that's re- dude. If you want something on the DL, do not tell Buster Baxter. He is not trustworthy. Oh my goodness gracious! I I agree with you, he Buster. Did- why you gotta put everybody's business on blast, man? <laughs> A couple of these episodes have people putting business on blast, but this is the worst of it all. Uh, so Arthur realizes that they know, and he scooches down the other end of the table. I love this. The brain was there, and he doesn't make fun of him, but he says, I, I took out some books from the library on dream interpretation, and here's the salient quote to take away. You seem to have a pathological fear of embarrassment. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, that's Arthur, dude. Yeah, for sure. That I- is like that is Arthur's character. You could just put that in the slug line. Path- logical fear of embarrassment. Brain was like a few more lines of research away from being like, and it also seems that you don't want to be referred to as an infant by your peers. You seem to have some mortal fear of uh, infant children. Did your cousin dress you up as a baby, perhaps, at some family gathering a few episodes ago? My goodness, if you cherry pick some stuff from Arthur's life, this is like... You can really, like, you can put together a psychological profile of Arthur very quickly. This is like making a murderer type stuff. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, so uh, Arthur confronts Buster in the lunch line. He says, well, first he thinks he's having a nightmare because everybody knows about his thing, even though. And then Buster's like, well, I only told a few kids and his defense is, I needed advice. And I'm like, you know what? You need advice? Talk to your mom, oh. stupid. <laughs> like, it's it's really, there's no excuse for this. Buster's I've, like, I, I threw it up on the timeline, but then I deleted it. <laughs> but then it seems Fran- Francine and Muffy screenshot. Yeah, that's right. That. They got the receipts. Uh, oh, so, no. So Arthur's really starting to spiral now. And then all of a sudden, his <laughs> jeans get caught in, like, the metal, one of the metal bars of the uh, lunch line. And they rip at the pocket. So you can see basically the start of his underwear, but not not the whole thing. Yeah. And then the hero of the day, That's Binky right. Barnes, without with hard with hardly a word or explanation, <laughs> hops in with two uh cafeteria t- uh, trays as everybody in the cafeteria is laughing at Arthur, covers him front and back and just goes, "Come on Arthur, 
to the kitchen. As if he just suffered some sort of trauma. Like it's like when like people are like rescued from the ocean or something, and they put a blanket on yeah. them as they lead them to the helicopter. Uh, Binky Barnes swoops in, covers up Arthur, makes him decent. Not all heroes wear capes. Exactly. Binky Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, he's the best. <laughs> so in the ca- in the cafeteria, uh, in the kitchen, Mrs. McGrady is stitching up Arthur's pants, and Arthur's kind of wearing her pink frilly apron as Buster and Binky are trying to comfort him. Arthur lets Buster off way too easily yeah here. for sure like buster apologizes he says i'm sorry i didn't know what to do and arthur said it's okay you were trying to help and i'm like yes but <laughs> your trust is irrevocably irrevocably broken at this point but also in buster's defense arthur also should have known better we're what like two or three episodes removed from like someone being like buster don't tell me about this and he immediately turns on his heel and go buster where are you going he goes i'm going to the sugar bowl to tell everybody about Oh. I cannot be trusted. Yeah, I'm like exactly. you know what? Okay, so now we have now we have precedent. <laughs> Nobody ever trusts Buster with anything. Uh, any and and, we, and in the future, when they ultimately do, we'll be there. Uh, Mrs. McGrady tries to comfort Arthur by saying, "A banana without its peel is still a banana." And I'm like, I understood what she was going for, <laughs> but at the same time, that doesn't really apply here. Yo, Mrs. McGrady, not that deep. No. <laughs> uh, so Arthur uh, also and- a little on the nose now that I think about it. But let's just move on. Sure. And ooh, uh, Binky comforts Arthur and says that you know people, you know people will eventually forget about it. You're still the same Arthur, with or without your pants, kind of thing. Binky being very, very understanding after going through his whole thing. Then the final shot of the episode, or the final scene of the episode, is Arthur and Buster, quote unquote, at the sugar bowl, and then and then Buster says uh, they have to go around to the corner because he was dreaming about a a, a witchy woman that. <laughs> Comes out from behind the sugar bowl. Buster's been <sighs> listening to too many Eagle songs. Arthur and Buster are just talking that Arthur hasn't had the underwear dream for about a week. <laughs> now that I think about it, this is like, I know it's not, but you could interpret this scene as like a direct reference to Mahala Drive. Anyway, it's not because I know. Mahal- I, listen, yeah. I know it's not, but right, like, fair enough. Buster and Arthur are like two lines of, "You see that man over there?" <laughs> uh, away from this being like shot for shot. Well, maybe it is. It is in my head canon. Let's just say. There, Maybe David Lynch was inspired by Arthur. Ooh, I'd have to look up when Mulholland Drive came out. This, this would Mulholland Drive was after. That's why I said. Ooh. That's why I said no. Like this probably came first. And I could totally see David Lynch. Like he made that movie about those rabbits. I could see him being an Arthur fan. Ah, uh, looks like he's afraid of uh, <laughs> losing his uh, his his pants at school. I'll oh. put that in a movie, but then do something completely different. I did not expect you to pull that one out. <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard anybody do a David Lynch impression. Hey, really? Listen, for something, hey, for doing that cold, I don't expect you to have done that before. Good on you, Will. It's, I appreciate it. It's very easy to do, especially since that's more of a that's more of an impression of his character his from Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks character. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he quite talks that shrilly normally. So uh, they decide to they decide to leave. All seems to be well. Buster finishes his milkshake, gets out of the booth. And then Arthur says, I think you forgot something. And we pan down and Buster's in his boxer briefs. <gasps> and then he wakes up screaming. And dream, ep- I'm telling you, Mulholland Drive. The episode, he had the dream again. The episode ends with, here we go again. Now, I, now my question is, it's not a, not Mulholland Drive. Do you think 
So Arthur okay. had this. Arthur had this. Let's break un- this down. Arthur had. So Binky had the underwear incident. Then Arthur had the underwear dreams, which led to his own incident. Now Buster's getting the dreams. Is the underwear dream the it follows of the Arthur universe? Maybe. Or maybe all of this was just Binky's dream. Does, uh, does Buster have to give the dream to somebody else or else he will be publicly embarrassed? <laughs> There's, I, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. It's like, oh, my goodness. How deep does the rabbit yeah, hole go? Exact, the rabbit hole go. The pants hole. There's all kinds of ways the you could pan, tackle it. The pants hole. How low? How how? Uh, where does the laundry chute lead? I don't know, but that's the that's the end. That's Bink, the, Binky's like it's called Inception. We have to go deeper. We have to go deeper. Well, there you go. A, surpri- the kick. a surprisingly mind-bending episode. Of I the know. Show. <laughs> and then we go right into the next episode. No word from us kids this week. It's Francine Frensky, Olympic rider. We start off in Miss Morgan's art class. And their assignment for the day is to think of, uh, what, what was it, their biggest dream? Their biggest dream. And then draw it. And I'll, maybe this is because I'm already in this headspace because I just watched <laughs> Arthur's underwear. But some of these dreams start, seem like the start of Twilight Zone episodes. Okay. Like, if you look yeah. deeper into these own episodes and they take a darker turn halfway through, they could be like their whole Arthur episodes unto themselves. So everybody's drawing, like, their their biggest dream. And dream in this case of, like, something they really, really want. Uh, the first one, Buster, who has the same drawing face that I have when I do longhand. He's got like the tongue sticking out, like like really into it. So his uh, Arthur says like Arthur thinks these are all kind of obvious, and some of them are like I don't know. These are a little bit of uh, not so obvious pulls. Like Ar- like Buster's is to have a robot that is a both a video game console and does your homework for you. That's right. And you know it has like the don't worry, master. Robots never forget. Also, the it prints out Buster's homework. But it's like he prints it out and it's handwritten. Yeah. Right. So like the teacher would be like, Buster, you did not write this. This is like printed. Anyway. Buster, you do not know what the word acupuncture means. (laughs) I don't believe that you wrote this. I need to speak with your mother. Uh, Muffy's is definitely, I'd say, the least of a logical leap because her dream is to have two of her. But this is kind of a bit more Twilight Zone-y, like you said, which actually I think I think that one works really well of just like. Uh, although, I do think that in true Twilight Zone fashion, I don't think Muffy would like being around herself. That's what I'm saying. Forever. That's what I'm saying. Like in Buster's dream, all that robot has to do is like go a little bit haywire, mm-hmm. being like, "You could never leave the room, Buster," or something like that. Like the, the, home, the takes, homework he's spitting out is now like a, like the nuclear Buster, launch code. Buster's death or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. And then this Muffy episode is like the other Muffy replaces Muffy. It's like Bizarro Muffy. Because you'd think that at some point one of the Muffies would get too greedy mm. of just like, I want what you have. And I'm like, but you have it. You're me. I'm I like, guess what I'm saying is these dreams are very creative. Yes. I, li- I, I, li- I liked this bit. Now, Arthur leads into Francine's, who is the focus of the episode. He says, what Francine wants is most obvious of all. And I'm like, it's not, though. Like, Francine's dream would be like, I've won every sport ever. I'm the greatest. I, but But I, really, it's... What she wants is a horse. I think what Arthur's saying is it's most obvious to him because he already knew she wants a horse, just not the audience. It's a little clunky. Yeah. So Francine's uh, imagination is that she has a horse and, you know, rides it to school while everybody is talking about how great their bikes are. Which is a great callback to the episode where Francine gets a bike. I feel like 
there's like a scene oh, in that yeah. episode where everybody's like, I think it is the Muffy and the Brain too in mm-hmm. that episode being like, my bike's better, no, my bike's better. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a little fun thing. So Francine's finally stepped up from bikes and that she has a horse. Uh, interesting exchange here, whereas, you know, Francine has like a stick drawing of her on a horse and somehow she drew Binky making fun of her for some reason. I don't know. Oh, I but didn't even notice Binky that. is kind of chirping her in real life and we start off like we come back and the cartoon, the stick figure Binky is the one talking. Huh. And then it goes to the real world, and then Binky's talking like, a horse? You've never even been on a horse. And then Francine is just like, just you wait, Binky Barnes. And in the cartoon, the Francine speeds away on the horse and kind of leaves him in the dust. The I thought that was interesting, kind of the interplay between cartoon and, quote, cartoon. The surrealism of Arthur's underwear is leaking into this episode. <laughs> it's, inf- it's infecting the episode I'm going to have the underwear dream when I go to bed tonight. Like maybe we just watch like a creepy pasta Arthur episode and I'm going to like have the underwear dream. Squidward's suicide. Oh my god, yeah. Sonic dies. Sonic dies. Ben drowns. Anyway, yeah. moving Ooh, on. Ben drowned. You know when I when I uh, oh, when, uh no, no, I'm not going to stay on it too long but that Ben drowned messed with me when I read it the first time. I can't take it seriously anymore ever since I saw the parody video where, like, they just edit in the guy playing the bongos, and it's like, if you hear me before you see me, I got King Kong in the trunk. Ever since I saw that, <laughs> ever since I saw that, like, I can't take Ben Drowned seriously I've never at seen all. that before, but I'd really I like to. I think it's made by the guy who made Ben Drowned. Oh, really? Like, making fun of himself. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. bring it up for you after this. That's pretty good. I like I like Ben Drowned. It's real creepy. Uh, yeah, so the episode itself begins with uh, Francine having saved up 30 whole dollars. In singles. It's like Francine's on the way to the strip club. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so coming back with $30 and the, her parents asked what it's for. And she said, for riding lessons. You said if I saved up the money, then I could get them. Uh, now, $30 seems a little low for riding lessons. Uh, there's a lot of like specifics in this episode that are unclear. Like mm-hmm. It feels like Francine has like three lessons before they run out. There's a part where Francine's sister gets offered free lessons for an hour's worth of work every day. Mm-hmm. Like the scheduling and the financials surrounding these riding lessons are Shaky. left unclear. But I mean, if you were a kid, I guess they would be. It's like your parents would pay for them or it wouldn't be like, oh, I have to pay $65 a month and mm-hmm. I get these lessons for four months. Like the details aren't important. Uh, so Francine, she's very expectant for these, but her parents kind of look at each other. Then we cut to them sitting at the table with a nice fresh plate of cookies. Mm. and But then Francine says, I told you, I'm never eating again. So she's very upset because they won't let her have the riding lessons because uh, they take place during the day and uh, her mom and dad wouldn't be able to look after her, uh, which is what Oliver is saying. I must say, I found it first in this scene. The animation in this episode is really good. Mm. It's very. I found it's very fluid. Everybody moves at a very... Uh, consistent pace and it's very expressive as well. So there's like a lot of frames in between mm-hmm. movements. It yeah, I, look I can keyframe. I can really see the work being put in here. So Catherine comes in and then <laughs> I love the look on Oliver's face. He's just like, but if somebody older, someone kind and responsible, was able to look after you, that would be a different story. I knew you'd like that line. I wrote down. I was like, oh, this is so like what Will <laughs> loves from Oliver Fransky. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that man so much and. <laughs> So Catherine in initially uh, nixes it, but then cut to the next scene, and they're both riding their bikes to riding lessons. Uh, Catherine, uh, no, we don't have, we haven't had much interaction with her as a character yet. So I felt that this was 
a good episode in general to get some of that. She's very concerned about a few certain things. Uh, you know, she says that she could have used the money for a new fall wardrobe mm. or getting her ears pierced. Catherine's very like, oh, I can't remember her name, but the girl from Clueless. Oh, oh, I know it's killing no. me. I know. No, I love that movie, and I can't remember. Her I know, I like it too. Oh man, is it like a three name? It's like she's got a middle name, right? Like it's Shoot. like. Something, something, something. I have, to, I have to look this up. I have to. She's in all those Aerosmith videos. Well, Alicia Silverstone is. The, oh, okay. Is the, the actress. Is the actress's name. Oh, what's the character's name? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, we were I, I had completely oh, forgotten even um, Alicia Silverstone. Sydney something. Sorry, I'm just looking this up right now because I will explode if I don't uh, if I don't think of what it is. By the way, a great movie. Uh, oh, share. Gosh. Her name is her uh, Cher uh, something or other Cher Horowitz. Dude, that, yeah, that was her name. Clueless is one of those movies where like I can't help but like if it's on TV or something, I just sit. Clueless and like No Country for Old Men. If those two movies are on TV, I'll just sit down and watch the whole thing, no matter Great. how many times I've seen them. Good picks. <laughs> by the way, if you've seen the video for Fancy by Iggy Azalea, you've seen Clueless. Oh. Well, actually, you have it because you should watch Clueless. But yeah, it looks like that. Sure, for sure. Because that's where they got the inspiration from. And and the other thing, very teenager thing to be worried about is uh, just kind of being heard around the house, you know, having a say in what her parents spend money on. Uh, so a little bit of interesting there because we never really get things from the teen side of things on Arthur. It occurred to me that, uh, you know, kind of getting more time with Catherine talking about like, oh, you know, wish I had more kind of freedom, what I want to be doing. Catherine's Twitter would be awesome. <laughs> well, I, I find Catherine's portrayals really accurate in this episode. Like yeah. from vocal performance, like she has a different inflection than all the kids. Like mm-hmm. she speaks differently, which is a very, very uh hard to capture detail in writing. Usually when people are writing a kid's show, all the kids sound like kids no matter how their age fluctuates. Mm -hmm. But Arthur does a good job of like, okay, the third graders sound different than the fourth graders. Mm -hmm. Even the fourth graders have like an air of like, oh, we are better. We talk like we're fourth graders. But then like, remember the skater dudes? Yeah. And now Catherine, like everybody acts their age, which I think is a great detail that goes a long way even though it's a little subtle. I definitely think we're getting a better uh, handle on who Catherine is because I just just remember that episode for Francine's new bike or whatever it was when she just kind of I, I just will never forget like that speech that she makes to Francine of just like it's like you'd have to do better than that if you want a new bike <laughs> I forgot about sound, that sound like a Bond villain like, okay yeah we definitely sound more like a teenager this time around so they're taking these riding lessons at it's like it's like Tim Curry like <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to do better than that if you want, want a, a cheese pizza <laughs> You want a new bike. A new bike and a cheese pizza. Toxic love. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and to uh, yeah, and Catherine and Francine go to like a local stable. And uh, oh, before that, yeah. uh, you know how Arthur episodes used to have a connective tissue between the two episodes, sure. like in season one, especially. Sure. The connective tissue with this in this episode is uh, Francine plays a prank on Catherine and says, "There's a hole in your pants," and ah. Catherine looks down and she drives by. A part of me wants to say, like, when the our, our writers were deciding, okay, which two episodes are we going to pair together? <laughs> like, one guy was like, "Oh, this one they mentioned a hole in the, the pants, pants episode." Just put, they couldn't find like a pair for these ones, yeah. and it's like. Hey, there's this the throwaway line. I, that's what I want to believe. I'd be very interested to see if they, uh, if they, if they actually did have an idea, because we're we're making these connections, but they might just be uh, just us trying to find connections wherever we look. Patient. Uh, Catherine sees their uh, their instructor Stanley, and she's immediately 
kind of thirsty for old Stanley. Which is true. I don't really get it. Stanley to me kind of seems like a goober. Well, he's, yeah. He seems like he's more into his horses than anything else. Yeah, it's, I think it's just kind of like, oh, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, farm boy. He's, you know, good with his hands and, you know, but dresses in dresses in the... I think it's mainly the voice. Like, I feel like Stanley's one of those guys where, like, his voice, like, almost Mike Tyson-y, his voice does not fit his appearance. Well, yeah, a little bit. It's just kind of, he also sounds pretty young. Just like, I'm Stanley, the instructor. Ready to have some fun? Ready to have some fun? Yeah, so uh, Catherine immediately kind of smitten with old Stanley. That's definitely something we don't get is like is is that like ro- attraction. That's true between characters, which is interesting to kind of explore. Uh, so he introduced Stanley introduces them to one of the horses, Bronco, who is the MVP of this episode. Stanley channeling his inner craft brother, crap brother, crap brother, me. craft brother. I, I say that every. It's time. gonna make Bronco into into delicious che- mac and oh, cheese. Oh yikes! Uh, so yeah, he introduces him to Bronco, and uh, Catherine's immediately a little bit more adept with handling horses than uh, Francine is. But Bronco becomes Francine's horse for the duration. And by the way, I hate to say it, have yeah. to drinking game, animal hierarchy. Okay, moving on. Okay, we, we've we've served that master. <laughs> uh, there's a point when like Francine's trying to get Bronco away from like a tree. He's eating leaves. Do horses eat? From trees? Do they do that? Because I know that they like yeah, I, can I, eat I, grass I, and like all that kind of stuff. Above my pay grade, we should have paid more <laughs> attention to that Zabumafu episode. I'm sure that would have let us. Oh, know. there are horses in that one. That's yeah. Oh, for God's sake. That was all about horses. Goodness gracious. Uh, so the reason I love Bronco so much is that there are so many shots here, and like I was got enough for a week's worth of social content. That's true. Bronco's uh, very expressive. It's he because is. he can't say anything. They have to. Right. The writers have to make him look like BoJack Horseman. And he's sassy he's, he's really like not, ha- not also ta- like bojack horseman not taking any of <laughs> yeah if only bronco had like a, a fifth of a fifth of scotch with him like That's just right. a belt just a belt he was just drinking from i wish bronco used to be famous on a tv show that's right back in the 90s i was on a very famous tv show that was, was the a, best themes in TV today. That was the thing you said. No, oh, the but w- wish you like better the opening or the ending theme. Ooh, I think I like the ending theme because the opening theme really grew on me. I think I think I like the ending more. Um, I'll be honest though, I have not watched a lot of BoJack Horseman. It gets better as it goes along. There's like a famous artist that does those themes. Yeah, I've, I I can I feel I, like I it's like you. Flight of the Concords or someone does the theme really? of BoJack Horseman. It's like Jim, a known Jermaine artist. Clement or um, here you want you keep talking. I'm gonna this is gonna bug me now. Sure thing. Uh, so Francine kind of uh, uh well intimid not intimidated but she's uh uh frustrated by the fact that she isn't like immediately good at riding horses and Catherine seems to be better th- better at it than she is. And we cut to. What seems to be Francine imagining something, but we later find out it's a dream, and it's really, really like from the get-go meant to be like Francine is being pushed as like the Roman reigns of horse riding. It's the guy from the Black Keys oh, performs okay. the BoJack Horseman. Gotcha. Theme. So and 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 yes, focus on the word reigns here because Francine is horse riding in the Olympics and takes the time. You could to, say it's her yard. Yes. Moving on, uh, and <laughs> takes the time to subtweet some of her friends who are more skeptical. Like in fact, like she must have paid off the announcer because you know he's just like. 
For all those who thought she was too bossy, Muffy, that means you. And then like calls out Binky too. We need a name for this fake Michael Buffer because he's like shown up in a couple Arthur episodes yeah. now. Whenever something has to do with sports, this is him at his most Michael Buffer. How much? Though. We, how much do you have? The to man pay? who knows no fear. The master of the power bomb. <laughs> the master of the power bomb. Weighing in at a combined total weight. 875 pounds. <laughs> How much would you have to pay Michael Buffer to like call somebody out during your introduction? Uh, well, I know for a fact that Bruce Buffer will record your phone message for a nominal fee. So Ooh. I'm sure it's above, again, above our pay grade. But if you want Bruce Buffer to be like, it's time to leave a message for Lucas Mancini at the beep. It's time. A Muay Thai fighter <laughs> fighting in the red corner. Fighting. Yeah. Out of the red corner. No, no, yeah, yeah, they're very different. Michael Buffer's very, you know, uh, macho man. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh, Bruce Buffer's very fighting out of the red that's corner. Right, he's very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Elwood yeah. city limits. That's, that's a good. That's a good if Bruce only, Buffer. If only we could. Pl- if only we could get him here <laughs> on, on the in the intro to our our podcast. I don't yeah. think we have that kind of scratch. No, definitely not. So, and then of course ends it off with. It's like, well, eat your heart out. Francine's in the Olympics, and you're not. At some point, someone says the name of the episode in the stream sequence. Like, it's a very, like, eye-rolly, like, yeah, Francine, Olympic rider. Yeah, yeah, I think it's him. He says, like, welcome, Francine Frensky, Olympic rider. That's like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, but then. It's like, face off. I want to take his face <laughs> off. Uh <laughs> Face. Oh, man. You can't see it at home, ladies and gentlemen, but me and Will both did the action that goes along with that phrase. Um, and But then, speaking of Inception, Francine gets dream-jacked. That's right. Uh, in fact, in quite amazing fashion. Just like, but wait, look, over there. It's Francine's older sister, who isn't, who isn't just older and prettier, but a better rider. And then Francine seems to be resisting, just like, get out of here. This is my dream. Like, not anymore. Then Catherine immediately shows her up, and not only that, defies gravity on her horse. And we kind of cut back as they're both asleep, and Francine is tossing and turning, and Catherine is getting wonderful rest. They had a shared dream. The Mulholland Drive references continue. Yeah. Oh, right. Shared dreams. Forgot about that. So Francine's getting a little bit better on uh, riding Bronco. And, uh, again, he pulls some more faces. It's great. Uh, but while she's bringing him back into the stable, then we get the offer from Stanley for uh, Catherine to work an hour or two a day at the stable and in exchange get free lessons, which an offer he extends to her but not to Francine because Francine's not quite at her level. Yeah, Francine and also o- not legally able to work. Yes. I know it's not for pay, but. And then Francine kind of hears that and runs away. We cut back home. They're eating, having spaghetti and meatballs for dinner. And uh, Francine has announced that she's quitting. And it's a very. I, I love, my favorite part of this whole episode is the way that Francine is dealing with this whole situation in these moments where she's just being as petty and shady as possible. Well, and she's she's, she's like she's, stuffing it all under the rug, she's just use, big old yeah, smile. Yeah, she's using it like she's got a measured tone. It's like an icy divorce or something. Yeah, 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 yeah for she's sure. Just like, it's like, I'm bored with it. I want to do something fun. <laughs> and then Catherine's like, but Stanley said you were getting better. Really? I thought he said that I wasn't up to your level. 
may I please be excused? Oh, uh, like, yeah. Like, the, whoo, whoo, whoo. Francine can throw shade with the vest. No of them. kidding. So, uh, you know, Catherine's trying to get her to come back, but not, you know, begging her or anything. Francine kind of uh, hanging out on a weekend, just like, no, I'm going to hang out with my friends and do something fun. And it just amounts to them sitting around Arthur's backyard, the classic, what do you want to do situation. <laughs> So one of the, one of those haven't been one of those in a long time. Uh, when you're an adult, you got to know exactly what you're doing, or you're not wasting your time. Uh, and then DW butts in and says, uh, uh, "Mom says if you're not doing anything, you could play covered wagon with me." And then Arthur, <laughs> Buster, and the Brain immediately run just, off to organize Arthur's sock drawer. Just like how Arthur's sometimes at his best when he's just like an ancillary character in DW episodes. DW also really shines when she shows up in an episode as a cameo just to make like a stupid joke. Mm-hmm. Like when DW is describing in detail the specifics of how Covered Wagon is played. Yeah, because like, and she's like getting very angry when Francine oversimplifies. Well, it. she's like, it's not called horsey. <laughs> like, yeah, she's so offended that anybody would call Covered Wagon horsey. Yeah, it's like it's like a story. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a story she's invented in her head. Finally, Catherine asks one more time, and Francine realizes she does want to keep riding so they go back to the stable which is called Algerian Farms by the way and then Catherine has an idea to kind of get Francine back to it so her idea is that she will teach Francine how to horse ride in exchange for uh, Francine helping Catherine in the stables to which Francine agrees and yeah, that's that's pretty much that. There's uh, some good voice work from Francine during this. Uh, yeah, like she's kind of playing cagey. Like uh, uh, Catherine comes to her and she's like, "Well, we could do this," and Francine's like, "So," and then she says, "Well, I could teach you." I'm like you <laughs> teach me? Okay, deal. I'm just like, all right. Like she's, she's holding all the cards here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the final scene is them in their bedroom, and uh, they've made up at this point, and uh, Catherine has saved up fifteen dollars. And if they add Francine's $30 and she babysits for the next three years, they can buy a horse of their own. Every day for the next that's three right, years. That's right. That's right. So they're getting they're getting into the idea of buying their own horse, which, of course, seems to be a very common uh, little girl or just, like, younger girl trope in entertainment of just, like, you know, we can keep him in the basement of the, of the apartment. The storage locker. The storage the, yeah, locker. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, They're going to put that horse on layaway. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then Catherine... Uh, uh, wants to name him Stanley. Oh, yeah. She wants to ride a horse named Stanley. And then they end the episode off. <laughs> She's been listening to a little bit too much genuine. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> <at> the- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let's wrap it up. And, and then, uh, <laughs> I didn't even write that down. No, you didn't. That I've was- had a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up the dome. Uh... Apologies there, and uh, yeah, the episode the episode ends with them having a pillow fight and just <laughs> arguing like what they're gonna name the horse and like who's the better rider and just them kind of getting back to their usual dynamic of being. So shout out to the song the frog featured in the song Genuine. I mean the song Pony by Genuine again. Long day. All right, so there you go. That's the end of this second story. Let's go back to uh, Arthur's underwear. What'd you think? I mean, I guess I liked it. It's so weird. <laughs> I think it might be the weirdest Arthur episode. Like to date, yeah. Uh, like we've had some episodes that are very unique and very creative in their approach. Uh, this one's just kind of strange. There's like kind of a moral to it. 
Like, it doesn't matter if you rip your pants. Even the fact that, like, the whole conceit is, like, Arthur being anxious that he's going to rip his pants, that's kind of a crazy thing to make an episode about. Mm -hmm. But then all the dream stuff makes it that much weirder. Yeah. I guess I was I was entertained by how strange it was. I don't think it's the best like Arthur episode or anything. It's kind of weird in spite of being an Arthur episode. Uh, I don't know. Like I say, watch it just to have a better idea of what we've been talking about because it really does. There's a a rhythm to it that it doesn't just feel like a kid having a bunch of dreams. Like the whole thing just kind of all the dreams kind of seep into one another. Mm-hmm. Where it's like watching like. This is a bad example, but like Eyes Wide Shut or something is a movie that feels like a dream. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it, it's got a dreamlike quality to it in the way it's edited. And this Arthur episode is kind of similar. Right. I, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I was along for the ride just because it was entertaining to say the least. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not the best. It's definitely not the best Arthur episode, but it is kind of a seeing is believing. Like we the the discussion we got from it, the the laundry shoots that we went down here were certainly not what I expected to talk about. Once Arthur's pants come to life, it's like okay, all bets are I'm, off. I'm along for the ride. All bets are off. Uh, it's definitely a curiosity, let's say. Uh, you it's know, also the most I've disliked Buster in an episode. Yeah, really? Like, Buster really screws the pooch on this one. It's not really a great story. It doesn't do t- the characters too much justice, except for Binky, who comes out mm. smelling like roses from the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not my favorite anything. But it is. there is something to be said for how utterly strange it is. <laughs> it's just weird. Um, I definitely would say that I liked Francis seen Frensky Olympic Rider better of the two just because it is a bit more of a cohesive story and because of I as I said before it's very it's very nice to look at it's mm. uh the animation is fantastic in this episode I'd say probably one of the series best to the to this point um the story itself is not exactly inspiring or anything it's it's pretty good but it's not anything you know to write home about I did like the vocal performances as we said uh, I liked kind of. I liked getting to learn more about Catherine, mm. and I hope that she kind of comes back at some point. I like how the writers kind of get to explore more of the teenage mindset, and um, yeah, I mean the rest of it. it I love Bronco. Uh, with with the animation comes you know a real gem like Bronco. I really loved everything that he added to this episode for as little as he was in it. But you know, in terms of like, there wasn't really a message or anything. It was just kind of another character depth episode for Francine, and you know, it wasn't exactly the best at that but i think the kind of the stuff the ancillary stuff it did like developing catherine uh that that sort of thing i i i liked it i liked it fine if it was mm. if it was against maybe a stronger episode i don't know if i'd say i liked it better but i would say between this and arthur's underwear i'd probably pick this one i didn't really like francine olympic rider okay. i just found it kind of boring yeah. i think it's because i just I I have no relation to the subject matter. Like I see all that sure. horror stuff, and my eyes just start to glaze over. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I actually did really like Catherine's characterization, and it, it's a character I look forward to seeing more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the main positive th- of the episode. I think without that, the episode would really suffer more. But because as- if it was just about Francine, I don't know how mm. interesting that would be. But especially like once this episode hits its like third act. 
and it's like a montage of them doing a bunch of horse stuff. Mm-hmm. I just really didn't care. And so like I just kind of found it super boring. So right. um, it's not like offensive or anything. It's just like definitely not my favorite episode. Okay. I- I'll say this for Arthur's underwear. <laughs> Again, not a great Arthur episode because it doesn't really have all – it has like little – besides the fact that Arthur's anxious, you could put any characters in this episode and it would be essentially the same. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, and Fred Seed's Olympic – Rider, like you said, I think you put it well. It's a better Arthur episode per se, but I certainly personally found it less entertaining. I might say that Arthur's underwear, while not as strong of an episode, is probably more memorable. Oh, that's true. I'm not going to be forgetting Arthur's underwear anytime soon. I can hardly believe that I saw it. It's just... Oh my goodness gracious. Well, there you have it. It's kind of a weird episode to come back from vacation on, but there you have <laughs> it. I, yeah, I, I felt like I was still jet lagged when <laughs> Arthur's underwear came to life. All right. So before we get into the normal plugs and everything, last week we mentioned that we wanted to have a contest and hear your top five Arthur episodes. And hey, if you'd still like to send us your top five Arthur episodes, uh, you absolutely can by email. We'd love to hear from you. But we're saying the contest is now over. Thank you to everybody who sent in your entries. And this was a random pick. We weren't picking on like the quality of your episodes or anything. We just took all the entries, put them in a random uh, in a random drawing, and our winner is. Uh, he goes by Ultra Esky on Gmail, but he signs his email as Michael. So I'll just uh, quickly put here his top five. Number five for Michael is Arthur's lost dog, due to the absurdity in the episode. Number four, Arthur's substitute teacher trouble. Uh, I was num- on my list as well. Yeah. Ar- uh, number three, DW Snow Mystery. Also, hey, Michael's got good taste. Uh, number two, Buster's Dino Dilemma. Oh, you know what? Buster's Dino Dilemma was something I, fr- I, I think you might have brought it up, but I forgot mm-hmm. to bring it up in my honorable mentions. That's mm-hmm. like, I think the first really, really solid episode of the first season. Mm-hmm. And then number one is Francine Frensky Superstar, which mm. I think is, um, I think it's a good pick. It's a, it's a little bit out of left field, but he has some very good reasons for that. I'll just read it. Uh, you know, it has the parts of any good Arthur episode. And if you don't remember, it's the one where Francine is the director of the play. A strong moral and message, a series of gags, character development, and a cohesive plot. And uh, yeah, and he uh, yeah he really enjoyed that. So Michael, congratulations! Uh, you'll be getting very soon, as as soon as we can collect it, a little Nova Scotia care package from uh, from both of us here at Elwood City Limits. Thank you to everybody who entered, and congratulations, Michael, aka Ultra Esky, for being our first contest winner. We'll have to do this again sometime, maybe at the end of season two. Okay, so let's get into our plugs really quick. I know it's been a while since we've talked about that. Uh, we are on various social media platforms, facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. In fact, as I speak, as this episode is being recorded, we have new likes on our page. And I'm In Medius Res. That's right, uh, sort of. Uh, if, you like, if I said we had new likes at the beginning of the episode and then came back to it. Uh, we have a couple That's of- the English major in, in mm-hmm. Will coming out, folks. I have two degrees, don't you know? <laughs> uh, and yeah, thank you for the two new likes to uh, Eddie and Anna. And we have we are now up to seventy eight. Not too bad. We're down. We're up to seventy two on Twitter at ECL Podcast. Thanks to everybody for communicating over there and following us. We are over two hundred followers on ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. Now, Lucas, you might not have seen this. I don't think that you normally uh, check out the Tumblr, but uh, one of our followers on there, Demixian, uploaded a great video. Ooh. So they. Um, 
they have the um, the opening, the cold open of Elwood City Limits memorized from all the times we've used it. Oh, that's awesome. And so, and so they're playing the episode and then repeating it back as we're saying it. I do that often with the, um, whenever I listen to uh, the Wrestling Observer, I always quote the, hi, it's Brian Alvarez from WrestlingObserver.com slash Figure4Online.com, joined by Dave Meltzer, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Lots of news this weekend. Like, so I, it's, that's really flattering that someone else does that for us. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I was very touched. Thank you, Demixian. Uh, that's ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. If you'd like to send us in your top five episodes of Arthur Season 1, or if you'd just like to hit us up in any capacity, uh, ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com is the way to send us in emails for the show. And yes, I am checking the spam filter now. Apologies if your email has not gotten through or if you feel like we've been ignoring you. I apologize once again. I am going to be checking that spam filter every single time. So if you if you need to resend your email, please do. Whatever it was about, we would love to hear from you. And finally, there are two ways that you can uh, listen to us. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Limits, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. Helps more people to find us. Help us find more great fans of Arthur just like you. Okay, so Lucas, I'm going to be going on vacation next week. So we're kind of trading off vacations here. Next week, it's going to be another fun collection of uh, ECL extras that I've been kind of hoarding and hanging on to. I'm always so excited for those episodes because I have no idea what's going to be in them. They're like a gift basket. That's right. So uh, get ready for that. I'll remind you that those can sometimes have a little bit of adult language. So, uh, you know, listener discretion advised. That's going to be for next week. And then when we reconvene for our next Arthur episode, we're going to be watching Buster Bat. Baxter Cat Saver and <gasps> Ooh, another legendary episode. And play it again, DW. Oh my goodness, now I'm excited. So that's to look forward to. Lucas, it's good to have you back, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again on Arthur. Glad that you're back. Anything you've got to say? I just don't know how to tell mom and dad I have to change schools. Well, thank you very much for joining us for Lucas Mancini. This is Will Young. That's another episode of Elwood City Limits in the books. We'll see you next time. Go Warriors.